0: You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. We're in a series here on Bible Study Tonight. We're doing a series on prayer, and uh, the notes are based on a series that Brother Woodward has done in the past, and obviously, we've been going through um, 28 days of prayer, 30 days of prayer. Uh, we've got a couple of things going on, but we've got a different focus every week for prayer, and so uh, we're so thankful. We're praying this week that God would uh, allow our, ourselves to be healed, our land, and that He would be made known, obviously. Uh, through our lives and people we come in contact with and people you're reaching out to. And we want a a healing not only to come, uh, obviously, to people's lives uh, physically, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and to our land. And so thank you for joining us. And we're into lesson three of our series on prayer. We did a lesson on occupying prayer Last week we did a lesson lesson on disciplined prayer, and tonight we are doing a lesson on delivering prayer. And we're taking our text from James chapter five, verse sixteen, and it says, "Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed." The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we've been talking about jubilant, fervent prayer. And lesson three. Is focusing on delivering prayer we're going to go back a little bit to uh, what Daniel speaks about in Daniel chapter 10 Uh, Daniel was on a a 21 day fast and uh, the Bible speaks about that the Lord had given him a a grand vision and uh, Daniel chapter 10 verse 1 says every word of that was true but something very interesting as you'll notice in this verse Daniel 10 verse 1 In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar, and the thing was true. So the vision was true, notice now, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So God had given him a grand vision. Obviously, that grand vision uh, was true. The Bible says that. But it also says that it happened over a long period of time. It didn't happen immediately. Sometimes when you and I are praying, um, we're expecting an answer instantaneously. And God is able to do that. But you'll notice in in this passage that Daniel was on a 21-day fast, And, yes, the vision was true. He heard the voice of the Lord. He knew what God was saying was going to happen, but it did not happen immediately. Um, Notice we, in in the last lesson, we were uh, talking about the Lord's Prayer and uh, included in that powerful uh, statement, obviously, of the Lord's Prayer. It says this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. From evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You notice in there there's a very powerful statement to our families, to our church, for our city, for our loved ones, for individuals that we've been praying for, and that statement is: deliver us, deliver us. And so we're talking about delivering prayer. Deliverance, essentially, all the Bible words for uh, deliverance indicate help. From another that rescues you from danger. Or to deliver means to set free, to liberate, to release, to rescue. Uh, We could could visualize that as a Jubilee word. Uh, If you go back and study the year of Jubilee, everything was set free. Uh, Debts were forgiven. Slaves were set free. Uh, a land was restored. Uh, it was a, a jubilee word. And when you see uh, the Lord teaching His disciples, um, and we went through this in our last lesson, the Lord teaching His disciples a pattern of prayer, in that pattern is these two words, deliver us, or uh, set us free, or liberate, or... Uh, release or rescue, and uh, so that's those are that's a powerful statement. So when we're when we're dealing with delivering prayer, that is a very liberating type of prayer, a very powerful way of praying that you're praying for deliverance to be set free. And obviously, there are so many people uh, today that need to be set free, to be liberated, to feel like. Um, that, that God has rescued them. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. There's a couple words there. The word tread, dirak, it means to string a bow, to, to tread down, to conquer, to fight for. The word given means to deliver to. And so uh, when, when God delivers you, uh, that's a powerful thing. But there are times when you and I have to fight for it. So you look at the, the instance that God had allowed them, uh, you're going to get to enter the promised land. They had not possessed it. Uh, everything had not been included in the promise up to this point. The Lord wanted them to continue into the promised land, but you'll notice, uh, and, and rightfully so, we look at that verse and said, listen, everywhere you're walking, uh, that's going to be your land, uh, everywhere you tread. Uh, but you you look at the word tread and given, those words say that you're still might or you may still have the possibility that you're going to have to fight for it, fight for it, and Um, there are times when we're praying that instantaneously things don't happen, and you may have to keep fighting for it until the enemy is defeated and you are totally delivered from the influence. Uh, For example, uh, if you're dealing with someone who's addicted, uh, God can deliver instantaneously someone from addiction, instantaneously. We've watched it happen in people's lives where they were held by an addiction, and in one moment of time, God instantly delivered them. And there's others that it's a process. It's a process over time that it takes in some people's lives, and they have to fight for it, and it seems like it's a continual battle for a period of time until God sets them free. It can come back to, for example, God can set someone free instantaneously, from an addiction, but that doesn't mean that he changes someone's habits, and so that might be something that people have to fight for, not to be held captive by an addiction. They have to fight to change their habits, fight to uh, go to different places, have new acquaintances, or or whatever the case might be. That that t- to be really conquered in a person's life, they may still have to fight for it. You'll notice in. In uh, Judges chapter 1, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> verse 1, it says, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the hand into his, the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So you have the Lord's response is Judah is going to fight. And Judah says, Simeon, I'd like you to come along. You come along with me, Simeon, and when it comes time to fight for your lot, I'll go with you. That's kind of the back and forth. That is seen there. Well, it's not an an accident that Judah and Simeon are the two that are mentioned here. Judah represents praise or to worship, and, and Simeon means to hear and obey or to pay attention. And so you have you have this deliverance that God has for their life, their families, their tribes, uh, and they uh, they are uh, the deliverance is dependent upon worship and obedience. Worship and obedience. And, and Judah says, Simeon, I'm going to connect with you in fighting. We're going to bring obedience into it. And then Judah says, listen, uh, I, I want you to come and fight with me. So you have worship and obedience coming together. And, and if you look at the book of Judges, for example, it's kind of been called uh, at times the dark ages of Israel because of the nation's constant Backsliding. You'll see uh, this is characterized by uh, the, the recurring cycle of disobedience and foreign oppression and, and cries of distress and, and then deliverance by a, by a judge. But remarkably, this age of failure in Israel was a special way that the Old Testament shows us the, uh, the, the, the spirit that intervenes on behalf of men and mankind through God's uh, mighty acts. You'll see that time after time in in the situations that they find themselves in the book of Judges. So people can look at Judges and say, you know what, I cannot believe how many times God's people turned their back uh, on the Lord. Yet, out of a cry, uh, a fight, uh, a distress, all of a sudden God raises up a judge throughout the book of Judges, and uh, there's a fight that happens, and a victory is won. Uh, notice Judges 2 and 16, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Uh, the example in Judges chapter 6, verse 3, and so it was when Israel had sown That the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. Everything that God's people had done was being destroyed. Uh, Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. I'm, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to conquer everything that Israel has accomplished, and the Bible says Israel was greatly impoverished. Because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Here you see the distress. Okay, God, we 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 we've wronged. We've done. We made a big mistake. We're, we're turning back. Uh, we, we we've got to get this straightened. Immediately, Judges chapter six, verse twelve, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, uh, why then has all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Uh, But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Uh, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this uh, thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites Have not I sent thee? You know what he's saying? Just stand your ground, Gideon, and I'll fight with you. I'll fight for you. This is, these are the examples of what happens to us sometimes in our our lives. Oh, yes, we're not, we don't got people coming into your backyard and stealing your garden. Hopefully not, except for the deer. Um... But you don't, your neighbors don't, in most cases, I would assume, don't come over and steal your garden and you happen to battle your neighbors or whatever the case. No, no. This this is an example of spiritual battles that happen in people's lives where, where uh, the things of this world are robbing young people, and they're robbing uh, uh, families uh, uh, of, their, of their peace and their contentment and, uh, and, and, and messes up their haven at home and all kinds of things. Uh, and, and the Lord's just saying, listen, you cry unto me, uh, stand up uh, and fight. Uh, and you can do this through delivering prayer. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen instantly. But I can assure you, if you say, God, I'm going to stand. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my young people. I'm going to fight for this. Listen, there's something that happens inside that type of prayer. There's an authority that comes in that type of prayer. That's what happened. Gideon said, I I, I can't do it. I'm... Uh, Listen, there's got to be someone better than me. And God says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. It wasn't about Gideon. It was going to be what God was going to do through Gideon. And you see that. You can read the story about Gideon, 32,000 men, all the way down to 300. And a mighty victory was won. Not because of the people involved, but because they, there was a cry that went out unto the Lord, and there was a delivering prayer that God's people were delivered because people said, you know what, it's not okay. We're, we're tired of doing all this work and it being taken. Uh, I wish there'd be some people right now at home that say, you know what, I, I, I've done this. Uh, uh, for this many years to raise my children, or to to work on our home, or to or to to gain uh, our our walk with God in a powerful way, and I, and my, I've dedicated my ministry and I, all kinds of things that you that maybe are being challenged in your life, and some people need to say, you know what, God, I'm going to stand, and I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm going to fight for my spouse. I'm going to fight for my loved ones. I'm going to fight for my neighbors. I'm going to fight for what God wants in my life. A delivering prayer. There's an authority. Here's another example. 1 Samuel chapter 17, 45, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." Wow, you talk about an authoritative prayer. This was spoken with a a, a man that was not even close to the size of Goliath. Not even close. I mean, Saul, David, you better better put on my armor here at least. Wasn't proven. David said, no, no, this ain't going to work. He's coming with a sword and spear. I'm, I'm coming in the name of the Lord. But notice the... Notice the authority he spoke with, that this day, everybody's going to know that there's a God who's got the battle. And uh, David, David could, could uh, say this because of his battles he had already won, Fight, fighting that already had taken place in, in, in the fields and in the shepherding of the sheep. And David, had, he had history on his side that God was going to see him through. Notice uh, also David trained his mighty men to stand their ground. 1 Chronicles chapter 11, this same man that defeated Goliath, he trained others that worked with him, that worked under him, that were going to be future. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 12, this is what it says, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ohite, who was one of the three mighties. He was with David at Pasadena, and there the Philistines were gathered and together to battle. Where was a parcel of ground full of barley? There was a parcel of ground full of barley. That's what the fight was over. And the people fled from the Philistines, and they set themselves in the midst of that parcel, and delivered it, and slew the Philistines, and the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. Someone decided enough is enough. Not losing the barley field. Everyone else can run if they want. I've got got an authority with God that I'm going to pray for delivering prayer. And the Bible says that the Philistines were, were slayed and the Lord saved them with a great deliverance just because someone said, no, 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 I'm not giving it. I've given in enough. I've, I've, I've uh, run long enough. I've, I've said, yeah, you know what? Uh, you can you can have what you want long enough. Someone finally just said, no more, no more. You see it again, 2 Samuel 23, verse 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the herite and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and here you have Not a barley field now. You have a a field of of beans. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. David stood before Goliath and said, no, you're not going to defy the armies of Israel no more. No more. You've been coming out here for 40 days and... And that's enough hollering and screaming. God's going to deliver you into the hand of Israel. And, and and Goliath's head was removed. And that type of attitude and that type of spirit, that type of delivering prayer that came from David was then transferred to mighty men that he trained. They said, you know what, Philistines, you've had enough of taking our barley field and you've had enough of taking our bean field, that's not happening no more. If we have to die trying, that's one thing. But we're going to stand here and we're going to fight. We're going to fight for delivering prayer. We're going to fight. Oh, I wish someone at home right now would say, you know what? Uh, it's been enough. Uh, uh, we've had enough of this and enough of that. Uh, uh, we're we're not wrestling flesh and blood. Uh, you're wrestling an en- enemy that wants to destroy your home, your life, your person, your person, uh, your your family, uh, your prayer life, your walk with God, your finance, your health. Uh, he wants to do everything he can to steal, uh, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, but what about a church full of people that says, you know what, we're gonna stand to our feet huh, with delivering prayer and say, you know what? That's enough. That is enough. Mm. Something happens when God sees that in the heart of people. All these men were saying that the harvest God gave them was their harvest. It wasn't owned by the Philistines. It wasn't planted by the Philistines. The Philistines were not going to have it. Where, where does that all come into our, our, our walk today? Well, if you look at what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6, this is what he says in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the whole armor will give you the ability to stand. Not run, not turn around and, and, and uh, say, you know what, it's, it's yours. I guess I, I don't have the energy to fight. I don't have the ability to fight. No, no, no. The armor of God will give you the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we're not wrestling flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rule, <coughs> rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Notice this phrase. And having done all to stand. Do you, do you know what that phrase is like, you've done everything that you can do to fight. It's not packing it in early. It's not, well, you know what? I don't know if I can accomplish this. No, no, you've done everything that you can do What Paul's saying is, you know, stop running. Stop running. Turn around and stand your ground. There's there's a a stubbornness that can arise in the in the church of God that says, you know what? It's not okay. It's not okay for the enemy to win. It's not okay for the enemy to have. Uh, our ministries. It's not okay for the enemy to have our families. It's not okay for the enemy to have your health, your finance. Your, it's not okay for the, the enemy to disrupt your home. It's not okay for the enemy to steal your marriage. It's not, none of that. No. No, it's time for us to stop and take a stand and say, you know what? I'm coming against what's coming against me, With delivering prayer. Just like it was with Daniel. Daniel said over a 21-day fast, Daniel he he prayed. Yes, he saw the vision of God. It didn't happen immediately. It was a long time coming, an appointed time. But he knew without a doubt God would see him through. I'm here to tell you tonight. Don't give up, don't quit. Don't say, I've prayed too long. I prayed for a week and it didn't happen. I prayed for a month and it didn't happen. No, no, stop. Turn around and say, I'm taking a stand. And I will not quit. I will not stop praying a delivering prayer. There's an authority with that. An authority. It's different than the other two that we've talked about so far. Occupying and disciplined a delivering prayer has there's an authority that comes that you're not okay with what the enemy is doing look at Psalm 18 verse 37 I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them neither did I turn again till they were consumed I didn't quit until they were absolutely defeated. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with the strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Someone listening tonight needs to take that passage right there and and quote it a few times, pray that passage. Take that that passage right there and pray it with sincerity in the spirit and see what rises in you that says, you know what, I'm not going to give up to what's happening in my life right now. I'm not giving in to what's taking place in my mind or in my spirit. I'm I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be complacent. Notice what he says. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn Till they were consumed. You know what the enemy gets the most nervous about is when a Christian makes up their mind, and when you make up your mind, he's got no—I mean, he's got no weapon that can that can come against a made-up mind of serving God, praying until something happens, praying until the situation changes, circumstances uh, that are in your life are not are not going to be okay. He when he comes in contact with a christian that has a made up mind he has no authority over that type of delivering prayer it's kind of like it's kind of like a mother for her children listen you don't get between a mother and her children over anything it's kind of like you're in the woods and you come across the little cute little cub that's only maybe a few weeks old so oh, that's that's a cute little cub and uh, you're, you kind of got your eyes pierced on that little cub there and he's I can tell you within a very short distance there's someone something else that's got his eyes pierced on you. It's the mother probably of that little cub. And it probably wouldn't be a good idea to get between that cub and the mother. And, um, well, it's kind of like that in the natural. Well, it's kind of like that a little bit when it comes to parents and their children. And, and um, there's like something rises inside of a mother if her children are being attacked or, or being um, dealt with improperly. I'm sure there's people out there listening that know exactly what i'm talking about and um well why is that because you have such a love and a compassion and they're part of you well if that's the way it is for the natural human being and their children how much more do you think it is for your heavenly father who purchased you with his own blood uh his given you his spirit to live inside of you, is preparing a place for you that where he is, you may be also. Well, there's, there's something that, that rises up in, in the Lord that if, oh, if my people, if my people would just call out, cry out a desperation delivering prayer. Listen, the Lord, the Lord is, he wants to deliver you and I. In such a way as this psalm has said, I want you to notice now. I'm going back to this psalm 18. He says, I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. It's kind of like he stepped on the enemy's neck long enough that there was no more fight. They were fallen, he said, under my feet. Deliverance is going to come, church, for those who fight for it. If it's it's not fought for, it may not be received. But as soon as you find an individual that's willing to fight for what God has for them, deliverance is on the way. Someone listening tonight that needs to be delivered in some way, whether it's a battle of your mind or battle of your spirit, Maybe it's a battle of things that are attacking you in, in life, whatever the case is. Uh, don't, don't learn to live with. Don't be okay with. Don't, don't say, you know what, I guess this is what I'm destined to be. No, no. Stand up. Stand up and fight because God is waiting to deliver someone who will stand and fight for it. Stand and fight for it. Esther, Esther said in, in chapter 4, verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace, this is what is said about her at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? This is what was Esther's trying to make a decision, whether the Gwyn to the on, on behalf of the people uh, she's going to go in before the king and she's trying to make a decision and and i mean here's the here's the dilemma esther if it's not you the del- deliverance is going to come from somewhere god's going to hear the cry of his people but your family might be destroyed in the process you know what a what a a, a dilemma that esther's put in and What does she do? She risked her life. She went in before the king, waiting for the scepter to be stretched out towards her. She could have been killed. But she was willing to fight, fight for her people. And the people of God was spared. Because Esther was willing to fight for them. Delivering prayer. Delivering prayer. Who's the next family? Who's the next mom and dad that says, no, you, you can't have my kids. You can't have our children. And I mean, you can't have our home. You can't have our, our, our family. You can't. No, you can't. It's, it's not going to happen. And you're going to stand to your feet. And you're going to fight for them. Can I tell you tonight, your battle is not with your children. Your battle is for your children. It's not with your children. People get that and they, they make a mistake that, you know what, um, I, I'm in, I'm in a, a battle here with my kid. You're not in a battle with your kid. You're in a battle for your, for your children. You're not in a battle with your spouse. You're in a battle for your spouse. If there's trouble happening at home, you don't let it be that you're battling each other. You're battling for each other. The big difference. Stand and fight for victory. Stand and fight for deliverance. Stand and fight for what God has in store. This is what is considered delivering Prayer, delivering prayer. And you see it, examples throughout the Old Testament that I have I've given you tonight, Gideon and David, and David's men. And then you see how the New Testament gives us an example of, of using what God has given to us as weapons to take a stand against the wiles of the devil, to take a stand when you've done everything Stand mm. i don 't know everyone 's situation tonight i don 't know everyone that's watching. I just know it 's Bible study night, and i 'm um, convinced without a doubt there's people watching or that will watch that are that are in a battle and whether you 're watching tonight or whether you watch this. This message in the future, if you're willing to fight, if you're willing to fight with delivering prayer, God will, God will fight for you. The battle is the Lord's. But are we desperate enough to win that battle? Are we desperate enough to win that battle?